Happy New Year, Radicals. Welcome back to the Radical Personal Finance Podcast. My name is Joshua Sheets, and I'm your host. Today is Tuesday, January 6, 2015. <laughs> yes, it is 2015. <laughs> I made an oops in the last show, and <laughs> I'm sure it'll happen a few times. 2015, this is the show where we're going to talk about how to transform your fuzzy feel-good New Year's resolutions into workable plans of action. Things that you can actually do to bring those goals and dreams into reality. I hope you had a nice time off. I did. I spent the first week out of town visiting with family and the second week in town working hard on some business stuff for the show and then also working hard on some projects around the house, <laughs> working on improving some things that I've been neglecting uh, here in my household and helping to improve my marriage by finishing some things. And I'm excited to be back uh, in front of the microphone, ready to share with you uh, the ideas. And today I'm going to share with you some ideas on my personal development plan for 2015. And I'm doing it with the purpose of helping you to think about whatever it is that – helping you to think about how to put a plan of action in place to help you achieve your goals. The turn of the year is a convenient time to think about your goals. I like it. You know, For me, it's very convenient. My birthday is in June, and my wife's birthday is also in June. And so that gives us kind of a midpoint where there's a special day that's a midpoint of the calendar year. And then I like the flip of the calendar year. So I do a lot of things in terms of six-month projects. I, I use those periods of time to do some you know, personal observation, checkups, just kind of figure out, okay, am I on track with some of the things that I'm working toward? So I find that to be a convenient time of year. A lot of people these days, New Year's resolutions, <laughs> they're so jaded as far as what people uh – you know, people have all these comments about them because people make them in this half-hearted idea and without any intention of following through, no plans behind them. They've almost become a cultural joke. But I don't see any reason not to take advantage of the natural seasons of life. And a turn of a calendar year is a natural season of life where it's useful to sit down and look to see uh, where you're where you're at, especially when it comes to talking about finance. If you're running a company or you're an investor, your financial statements are always going to be dated in some manner. So those usually are often going to be a calendar quarter. So, okay, we're going to look at a Q3 report, or maybe you're looking at monthly balance sheets. So we're using the calendar month as a useful time. And then you're looking at either a calendar year or a tax year for your year-end uh, fiscal year or, or calendar year for your year-end statements. And so it's useful. And so I just – I like that same ebb and flow of life. So – I've been over the last few weeks. I've been working on my personal development plan, and I'm going to share with it share it with you today. Today is going to be a little bit personal, um, and I'm going to use this my plan as an example of just kind of how I approach goal setting, where I focus a lot on a little bit on the vision. Okay, here's what I'm trying to do, and then a lot on the roadmap to get there. And I'm not – I wouldn't hold myself out as a great example of uh, of an incredible goal achiever. I wouldn't hold myself out as somebody that you need to look at and say, hey, whatever Joshua does is exactly what I'm going to do. I'm a learner right alongside you. But I have learned in a few things that have worked well for me and a few things that haven't worked well. Much of what I've learned surrounding goal achievement, however, has come, with, has come to me within the context of financial planning. And in working in financial planning, most – many people have financial goals that they've set for themselves. 
usually those goals are somewhat general. Maybe the focus of, uh, you know, I want to save some money or I want to be rich. But few people take the time to make clear goals. And it's really astounding when you start working as a financial plan, you start asking people about their goals and you realize that everything that the success gurus say about the number of people that actually have goals and a clear plan of action to follow toward those goals is true. I've always started all financial planning uh, fact-finding appointments with a question about uh, a potential client's goals. And it's one. It's it's a really interesting thing because usually it comes out of left field, and many people are, wait, how are you getting this personal? But I find it to be a good um, litmus, uh, not litmus test, a good, I guess, little mini test to see if somebody's going to be a good prospective client or not. Now, it usually takes a little while for a relationship to be established where somebody shares their most personal, intimate goals, but. If somebody doesn't have goals, they don't they can't answer that question in a clear manner, then at least in my years of experience working as a financial planner, there's very little there's good, the, the relationship is not going to be very fruitful and it's good to smoke that out in the beginning. So I've always liked starting with asking people about their goals. So many people have ideas about what they'd like to accomplish, but few people have clear specific goals. And so setting out those clear specific goals I think is a good starting point. And then more importantly, however, I believe is having a plan of action that you're reasonably confident in that if you follow this plan of action that it has some chance of working for you. Where I've often noticed this is things like retirement planning. Uh, Most of the time people say, I want to retire, but they haven't sat down and said, how much do I need you know, what does that mean? When do I want to do it? Let's work a little bit of math to figure out what, what are the numbers that I actually need to consider myself retired. And then is it practical? Can I actually get there? Can I actually save the $3,000 per month that I need in order to accomplish that goal? And so financial planning is very good. The process is very good at exposing that. And the most useful thing about it, about a good financial planning engagement, is that you regularly review the progress toward goals. And so with my clients, I tried to at least have an annual review of the financial plan. And you update the balance sheet. You update all the assets. You figure out how much more has gone into the investment portfolio. And then you basically should have a meter to say, are we on track or are we off track? Some of the tools that the financial planning industry has are still a little bit clunky in that regard. I think there's some real opportunity for some programmers and designers to to design some really beautiful tools to monitor that on an ongoing basis. But regardless of how clunky it is, just sitting down and saying, am I on track, that has real value. has real value. So I've been spending a lot of time thinking about what am I going to work on – work toward here in 2015 and – uh, and kind of developing my plans of action, and so I'm going to share. I'm going to share them with you, and I still struggle a little bit. I'm going to share some of my areas of focus. Uh, I'm not going to share specifically some of my specific goals. I'm. It's a little bit too uncomfortable for me to share. You know, specific dollar figures or specific numbers or specific things. So, I'm, so my, I'm going to share with you in a gen- general way. Um, I don't know. It's a little bit hard for me to. Some people are very comfortable giving away all the details of their life. I'm not. I'm not that way, and I'm not sure that it's necessarily important. Uh, I think if you're the kind of personality type who's motivated by that, then I think that would be valuable to know. But I'm not really that that type of person, and and so I'm going to keep some some details 
details quiet. Little tip for you. Years ago, I heard Zig Ziglar t- talk about goal setting. He made two interesting, interesting uh, comments. He said, in response to this question, who do you share your goals with? And he said, share your give up goals with everybody and share your go up goals very carefully or something along those lines. And his point was, if you have a resolution, a commitment to stop doing something, tell that to everybody. I think he was a smoker, if memory is correct, or he was actually uh, he decided to stop uh, drinking alcohol and things like that. He said, declare them far and wide. I will not drink alcohol any longer, or I will not smoke, or I will not eat fried food, or I will whatever the you insert whatever your give thing that you want to give up. Insert that here. But his point was spread that far and wide so that people can remind you and so that you can be held accountable to that. But his encouragement was share your go-up goals, the things that you're working towards, very carefully and share it with people who can encourage you and who can help you along your path. In finance, you know, I've seen this a good bit. If you share the fact that you are working your way toward being a millionaire or a multimillionaire or toward being financially independent – you got to be careful about who you share that with because many people simply don't understand that it's possible and many people are going to discourage us. Who are you to think that you can achieve that? So yeah, I think you have to be careful the forum that you choose to share those types of goals with and, and make sure that it's a supportive community. That's why I love online forums uh, because of the creation of supportive communities that that can come out of that. Uh, and where you get the opportunity to actually interact with people who can support you toward those goals. And you can even do it anonymously, which is, which is wonderful. But I'll get to that in just a moment. So for me, the theme of 2015, I, my theme of the year, I don't do this in some kind of formal, I'm going to set a theme. Some people do that, great. Uh, but just what has come naturally to, to me as a theme for this year is the, the term, the couplet, world class. As I've reflected back, this past year, 2014, for me, has been a, a major year of growth and change. You know, I closed a business that I've been working towards for six years. I kind of jumped out of the comfortable pot, out of the comfortable bed into a completely uncertain future, doing things that I've never done before with starting the show, starting the, the business behind it. And it was a very exciting, but <laughs> it was an exciting year, but I've haven't felt expert at what I was doing. And I had achieved a certain level of comfort and mastery with what I was doing pre- pre- previously. And now, you know, for the last six months, I've just felt like I don't have a clue what I'm doing, just, just figuring it out and thrashing around frantically trying to stay on top of the water. And it's been a really great last six months with, with bringing this show into the world and so many of you tuning in and encouraging me and sending me your notes. It's re- been a really positive experience. What has been apparent to me, however, is that I need to uh, step it up a notch. And I've mentioned this on the show in a couple of ways. And I'll, today I'll give details as far as what I mean by that. It was important to me just to start. Uh, I am very much convinced of the value in most things of taking a ready, fire, aim approach, just shipping a minimum viable product and letting the marketplace give you feedback. I'd like to think of all 
success and failure or, or a simple feedback is the marketplace giving me feedback. And so I wanted to ship just a minimum viable product, which is why, you know, when I started the show, just let me get something out there. Let me get something out there. Even though I listen and I can see ways to improve it, let me get something out there. And so I've shipped this, this show for the last six months and some of the associated um, aspects of it. But I haven't been proud that it's been truly world-class. I believe it's been good, but not truly excellent and truly world-class. And on the one hand, I think I kind of wanted just to do just good enough. I realized over the last couple of months as I was thinking about it that I kind of had this idea and this hope that I could just do my little show, do my little podcast, and you know, make a, you know, make a little bit of money and just kind of live a simple, unencumbered life. And that's still there in the back of my mind. <laughs> Many people have large uh, accumulation goals. Many people have large things they want to buy, things they want to do. I-, I feel as though I've accomplished most of those. Th- I don't have much of the, the, the desire that many people have uh, for – I don't have the desire for stuff. I don't have the desire for a status house and, and those kinds of things. So for me, I kind of desire a really great lifestyle. That's the core personal focus for me and that – Lifestyle is defined in different ways. Part of it includes the physical surroundings, but much of it just includes being able to focus on the things that I really enjoy uh, and where I feel I'm really good at on a day-to-day basis. That's an important part of my lifestyle. And I realized, however, that I was bringing that approach to the business and just kind of hoping it was going to work. And probably it was due to the pretty rough launch of the membership program. And thank you to those of you who have joined. I was hoping for that launch to be uh, much more spectacular than it was with people joining. And (laughs) most of it was my fault as far as uh, instead of doing it in a planned out way where I had, you know, every, all the services and things provided behind the scenes, uh, everything ready to go. I just said, I need to need to test this out and see Another major issue was right before launching it, <laughs> deleting all of my iTunes subscribers, uh, which is still has had a ripple effect on the on the show. So that was that was pretty tough. So, uh, but what I realized out of that was I wasn't necess- I was a little discouraged based on that launch, but I wasn't disheartened to the point of wanting to give up. I'm committed to doing a minimum of a thousand episodes of the show. I think that's enough time to kind of work it out and see. But what I was discouraged was that it didn't just work as easily as I thought. Uh, you know, I recognized that I needed to really step up my game and bring a higher level of professionalism to the show and a higher level of professionalism to all these new aspects of my life. And it's been tough for me to figure out how do I do that? Because my skills are not, for example, on the technical side of, of, of creating this show. I, I didn't – I never owned a microphone. I didn't know how to use sound audit, editing stuff. I don't know what bit rates and, and kilohertz and all this. I'm not a, not a techie guy. I'd never – this – you know, my, my, my site was the first WordPress blog I'd ever put up. And as I was going through the process though, I recognized that it's not good enough for me to be good enough. I need to be world-class at what I'm doing. I need to be excellent, truly excellent, because I need to have a good testimony. I need to, have a, I need to lead by example, whether that's for the people that I'm encouraging to start businesses and forge out on their own or whether that's for my 
son who is going to be watching me over the coming years. I need to lead by example and really be excellent. So over the last couple of months, I've come to a resolve to be world-class in everything. And so for each of my priorities going forward over the coming calendar year, that's in every one of my priorities. For example, one of them very clearly is I'm a world-class business owner. Uh, Another one, I'm a world-class podcast host. Another one, I'm a world-class writer. I'm a world-class speaker. I enjoy world-class health. I'm a world-class husband. I'm a world-class father. Uh, Radical Personal Finance is a world-class financial education site. And uh, there are more, but that term world-class for me is essentially my focus, is how do I learn the skills necessary to be a real leader in the space that I'm in, in the work that I'm doing. Whatever work you do, do it heartily, do it right. And that's what I'm committed to doing. Now, I haven't known exactly how to do that, and I've made some missteps over the last few weeks. One of the things that's dogged my feet has been the idea of how to figure out whether or not uh, I should continue to go it alone or whether I should partner with somebody on the show. Because I felt incompetent at the technical side of how do I create a video course, how do I do this stuff, because I felt incompetent at those things, then I've searched for perhaps partnering with somebody. I've had a few people reach out, and I've explored some options, but ultimately, I decided recently that I just I can't go that path. I wasn't willing to give up what I was going to give up, and rather, I just needed to, I need to learn the skills, and I need to focus on becoming and learning the new skills. Doesn't mean I'm not going to delegate things out. I don't need to become an expert at certain technical aspects, but I do need to learn the basic skills. And so I'm applying myself to those skills. So let me share with you my priorities and then the associated plans with them as a hope of maybe inspiring you to make sure that you've got a lot of meat and bones uh, to your goal achievement plan for this year. Let me start with one of one of these things. One of my primary focuses is to be a world-class business owner. I want to be a world-class business owner. And I haven't been able to get Tony Robbins out of my head since I read his most recent money book. When I look at what he does in what little I'm aware of with his book as a business owner, I'm just really stunned by I guess the, the his, his span of reach and influence. He has all these different businesses and all these different companies that he's involved in to some degree or another. And I've noticed this with many business owners. Many business owners run many, many businesses. And sometimes they're related, sometimes they're not. But, uh, you know, Tony Robbins has his his resort that he does in Fiji. He has a speaking career. He has a coaching company. He's got supplement companies. You know, he's dabbling now in the financial advice business. He's got ownership interests in all these different businesses. And, and you know, he still has the time for every other aspect of his life. And what I recognized is that people like him, people like Tony Robbins or other effective, influential, high-level business executives have skills that I simply don't have. They have the ability to uh, to delegate. They have the ability to keep track of things. They, they just have skills that I don't have uh, uh, to be able to expand their reach so much. And so one of the key focuses for me is I need to develop more of those skills. I don't particularly have a huge interest in 
doing what Tony Robbins does, although I'm going to do some of what he does, but I still need those same skills because for me to be effective at life, I need to build those same skills and systems and structures. Many people are amazed at uh, – well, I've gotten emails and feedback from people saying, Joshua, how do you do a daily a daily podcast? And <laughs> I kind of chuckle because I think how now I think like how does how does Rush Limbaugh do what he does? How does Dave Ramsey do what he does? How does Clark Howard, where these guys are doing two or three or hour? How does Glenn Beck? He does a three hour radio show and he does a one hour TV show and he's running a, a TV uh, a TV uh, company and he's writing books and he's speaking and doing all these things. Like how on earth does does do those people do that? And the answer is they have skills that I don't, and they built teams and systems around them that equip them to be able to do that. So I think of this as, as well, I, I just need to do the same thing. And up till now, I've done everything myself. Uh, so far, I haven't hired, with the exception of the creation of my logo, which was a friend of mine who's a graphic designer. I've done ev- everything, 100% of everything associated with the show uh, myself. And I was a little bit tired of... I've had people when I was working as a financial planner, I had pe- different people working for me and I had some really great um, staff working for me, but I didn't like the – I didn't like feeling constrained at having to support staff people and pay their salaries and, and, and do that. I just wanted to do my own thing. And I think I've – enough time has passed now that I've gotten a lot of that out of my system and now I need to really build up my – ability to outsource, my ability to build a team, my ability to leverage my time so that I can create better products to help people in a more effective way. It's not useful for you, my listening audience, if I should be spending time absorbing a new financial concept or thinking about how do I communicate this more effectively and more clearly. It's not serving you if I'm spending that time uploading mp3 files to the internet (laughs) it's really not so i need to build those skills i also however the flip side is i have to do it in an intelligent way because i'm essentially bootstrapping this project i need to build to do it in an intelligent way because i'm not willing to try to grow too big too fast i'm not willing to try to run out and borrow a bunch of money i'm not willing to give away part of the ownership of my company uh that was the decisions that I came to. I'm not willing to surrender my brand and become a sub-brand to somebody else. So those were difficult decisions to come through, come to because I could probably – maybe they're wrong. I don't know. We'll find out, <laughs> look back in hindsight and, and be able to figure out. But I could have leveraged and scaled more quickly. But I realized that if I do that, I'll miss the opportunity to become – a bigger, more skillful person. I'll, be, I'll, I'll miss the opportunity to learn to become better. So I'm going to develop myself as a world-class business owner. And there are a few aspects to that that I'm really focused on right now, right in front of me. Number one is I need to hone and develop my personal productivity skills. Now, I've got pretty decent. I've got a pretty decent foundation. I've been paying attention to task management and time management techniques for a while. I've worked out systems that have worked for me. I've got a stronger foundation than many people, but I still haven't felt really expert at this area. And so I've decided that a major focus is I've got to become expert at this. At least for the coming months, I'm going to continue to be doing more things myself 
as I because I've got to build up the revenue of the show in order to be to be able to outsource things. It's kind of this vicious cycle. I got to build up revenue so that I can hire things done so I can create a better product so that I can build more revenue. But that's business and that's okay. It's fun. It's an adventure. But in the meantime, I've got to become much more ruthlessly effective and ruthlessly efficient at my own personal productivity. And so I've built set out an educational plan for myself in that area. And the tools that I use primarily at the moment I, I use I write a lot in just paper notebooks and things like that. But as far as the technical tools that I use is I use a task management application called Nosby, and I use Evernote, and I use a uh, a tool. Well, we'll we'll start with that at Nosby and Evernote. And essentially, what I'm trying to what I'm trying to do is get myself disciplined to using Evernote as my brain function and Nosby for my task function. And of all the tools that I've tried over the years of task management functions, Nosby I think is the best. And the reason that it's the best that I have found so far is because the founder and CEO is ruthlessly committed to his core mission and because they actually have a business model behind their software. So it's always getting better. I used to look for free software opportunities and uh, I still use some, but one of the things that I've come to appreciate is the importance of paying for ongoing for software on an ongoing basis so that it gets better over time. Because if you can pay the business owner for the creation of their product, then they can put more resources toward making their product better. So I like the fact that Nosby has a free version, but to really get benefit of it, it, then you pay for it. And they have a really a world-class task management system. What I'm going to do again here right in the beginning of the year is they have a 10-part training course and productivity course that Michael Slowinski, the founder of the company, has created. And I'm going to go through it again with a careful focus on my own personal systems and make sure that I'm fully understanding and utilizing the new version of the software. So I've laid that out with uh, action plans of tasks of, you know, watch video one, take notes, change something. Watch video two, take notes, change something. So that's going to be a big major focus. I want to become really expert with my tool. And I think this is an important thing for you to consider is when you have tools, it's important to know how to effectively use them. Many people don't read their manuals. And it astounds me when people don't read a manual because they miss out on half the functionality of, of I guess, how their, how, their, how their tool can work. It's very difficult for me to sit beside somebody who's working on a computer because so many people who are working on computers are annoyingly slow and they use the mouse for everything. They're clicking. I can't – it's very – it takes a lot of self-discipline for me. For example, working next to somebody in PowerPoint or in Microsoft Excel, it takes a lot of discipline for me to sit and watch them work because it is agonizingly slow. People And just a simple thing is if anytime you are learning a new program, A, take a course on it. Find a book and read a book. I remember in college, one of the most useful books that I had was a book on Microsoft Office where I went through and did all of the exercises for Microsoft Excel, Microsoft Word, Microsoft PowerPoint, Microsoft Access. It just helped so much to go through the basic training functions to speed me up forever. And then so, but, so try a book, but then also print a list of keyboard shortcuts off. And follow that list of, and just start looking. Anytime you're going to do a task, is there a keyboard shortcut? 
you know, on your computer, don't ever go down and click for the next window. Use the Alt Tab function on Windows. I don't. I'm not a Mac user, so I don't know what all the Mac shortcuts are. But search for keyboard shortcuts. If you are working in Excel, you need to know every keyboard shortcut. You need to know everything to speed yourself up. Uh, just to, to increase your effectiveness. So that's what I'm doing with Nosby is I'm going to go through, make sure that I know all of the fundamentals of exactly how the program works so that I can be lightning fast with the use of the program. Uh, I've struggled with, I've used Nosby a bunch of times and what happens when I use digital organizers, I often get overwhelmed. And so, for example, last couple of months, I actually switched back to a paper-based system. But the problem with the paper-based system is then I got it, that got overwhelmed. So I'm going back to Nosby and I'm not changing because uh, it's the best tool. I've used it effectively in the past and I'm going to be re- really expert with it and focus a lot on always working from that list, um, which I'll get to in a minute. Second tool is Evernote. And I've used Evernote for years, but I'm not a power user. I'm going to become a power user of Evernote. I read in the past my my educational plan for how to implement this priority is there's a book called Evernote Essentials written by an author named Brett Kelly and it's it's just all about how to use Evernote. It's basically the training manual for Evernote. And I am also I'm going to go through and uh, go through that book again page by page and make sure that I become a power user of Evernote because at this stage, my life has become so much more complicated over the last uh, few months with dealing with research for shows, show notes, show outlines, uh, the actual process of creating the show, handling listener questions, kind of just the whole process becomes so much more complicated. So I need to become a power user of these tools in order to keep things uh, hammered out. For time management, what I've done over the last little while is I've reinstituted kind of a time budget for myself of tracking where my time is going. And I've needed to do this because of uh, basically trying to figure out how much time is actually going to handling blog comments, how much time is actually going to prepping for a show. Do I actually have more time or am I wasting it? I need to know those numbers so I know if I'm going to outsource this task to somebody else, how much time am I actually saving? What's it worth to me? So the little app that I found, I've tried a bunch of these over the years, and now I'm on an Android phone, but I found an app called Glio Time Tracker. And you might find this one useful, but essentially it's a really good way of you put in the tasks and then you just hit start and stop, and it creates a list for you how much time you've actually spent on things. I haven't found in the past uh, most of the computer-based systems to be very effective for me because I need to know, because I'm doing a lot of stuff away from the computer. I've used a lot of paper-based systems. There's some really great uh, paper-based ideas that that I've used. Uh, and but, but I found this Glio time tracker to be useful. And then I also found another app for the Android called Alarm Every 15 Minutes, where every 15 minutes my phone buzzes and it just vibrates. And that reminds me to make sure that I'm recording my time. I'm going to go and check out again. I've noticed over the last couple of years that I used to use Rescue Time. I've noticed that, and I didn't like it. I didn't think it worked very well. I've noticed that they've improved that. So I'm going to give that a shot again here in January and then see if they've improved it enough that that could be better for me. They seem to do, I mean, it's, it's a more well-built system probably than this little time tracking app that I'm currently using. So I'm going to see if it's worth the worth the cost. This is important that's just my tools. And so I'm going to, I've set out a plan to learn the tools and to become really expert with the tools. Then the key, however, for personal productivity is not the tool, 
but actually the action behind the tool. And so I'm going to really focus here in the first quarter of 2015 on strengthening my habits of one, always working from a prioritized list. I've gotten weak on this. Instead of simply just focusing on my prioritized list ruthlessly, I get weak on checking this, checking that. We all do. It always happens to us. But I'm only going to work from a prioritized list that I've decided in advance. Next, planning each day's work in advance. Uh, again, I often find myself kind of scrambling, you know, how do I get this done? This takes forever. And uh, I'm going to plan each day's work and the time allotted for the work in advance. And then keeping up on my weekly and monthly reviews. What I find is that without those weekly and monthly reviews, my systems break down. And so uh, that's, a, that's, a, that's a big deal for me is making sure that I, that I keep those calendar appointments with myself and that I do those reviews to keep my lists current. And especially current such that I can throw out stuff that I don't want to do that I'm not doing. So those are just my my personal course for setting these things out. Now, what's useful about this is the reason I started with the productivity tools is goal achievement is basically a system of action steps. And so I have in Evernote and Nosby, they're hooked together, have a, a goal, uh, a project is, is the terminology for Nasby, I have a project entitled, I'm a world-class business owner. And under that world-class business owner, it has an outline of all of these things that I've said. And that's linked to an Evernote note uh, where everything is broken out into a step-by-step, do this, do this, do this, do this. And then as it's done, I can cross it out and I can check the task is done. And each day and week as I'm reviewing that category, I can see what's the next thing that I need to do. You know, many people – I've received questions from people asking, well, how do you – Joshua, how do you get so many financial credentials and designations? Well, it's simple. You sit down and you say, okay, I'm going to do – I'm going to get my certified financial planning designation. All right. What's required? Well, I got to do – I think it's eight classes for that and I need to take an exam. Well, let's lay out the eight classes. Write it out. Class one, two, three. Put the order you're going to take it and then break down the first class. Sign up. You know, your action steps are pick a school. Okay, well, actually research schools. So you have to research. Where am I going to do it? Next, pick a school. Enroll. Pay the enrollment fee. Next, order the materials. They send you the books and then I just add to my to-do list. There are 18 chapters in this. Read uh, chapter one. Read chapter two, chapter three. And I like crossing things off. So I literally will put read chapter one, chapter two, chapter three on my list. That way I can have the joy when I finish chapter 11 and I feel like I'm wading through this horrific book of check, chapter 11 done. I'm one step closer, one step closer, one step closer. And you do that enough times and you can you know, pile up a bunch of financial credentials. That's how you get through a university system. That's how you get it, get it done. So for me, it's no different except this type of plan is where I'm actually focusing on the education that matters to me, my personal productivity skills, really understanding my software so I can be lightning fast with it. So instead of having to think about it, I can be really, really useful from it. I also need to really develop my personal outsourcing skills and I need to build a team around my business and around my objectives. Uh, So in order to do that, there's some pre-work, which is what I've been focusing on, is I need to know exactly what my highest priority activities are. What is it that I can do that no one else can do? And basically, that's sitting down, preparing and creating and doing this show. Maybe someone else can do it better. Who knows? But that's the thing that I think I can do better than anyone else. Everything else, I need to get rid of. Now, the challenge is how to get rid of it. 
because again, bootstrapping this show, perhaps it would be nice if I could just, you know, outsource it and have it all done with a snap of the finger, but that'd probably be an expensive mistake because I probably just waste a lot of money doing that. So I need to focus on what are the tasks that are most important and what are the tasks that are important to get rid of now and what order should I do that? And then I need to find and build a team of people and uh, and software to help me with the things that I'm not great at. I've done a really good job with that on many aspects of, of this show and this business, but I've not done it well with other aspects. And so tools and resources. So I've listed out and I've done a bunch of research on what are the tools and resources that that I've uh, that I've got, so I'll share them with you. Um, one of the things that uh, I'm going to do is I'm going to read uh, Chris Ducker's book, Virtual Freedom. He published it this year. Uh, he gave away a copy of it at FinCon, which is where I picked up my copy. And I think it's he's a he's a guy who teaches people how to outsource their stuff, and he owns an outsourcing company in the Philippines. So I figure I'm going to start with that. I'm going to read all of his suggestions from that he's written about how to outsource different aspects of your business to virtual assistants. And I'm going to, you know, take careful notes, think constantly about implementing again, that thousand percent formula. What can I do? What can I change? Put something over on my action list. Okay, here, this is something I need to do. What are the action steps from it? Mark up the book, keep the careful action steps, implement the suggestions. Another book I've read in years past, and I'm going to go and pick it up again, is Sam Carpenter's book called Work the System, which is all about having a systems mindset towards your business. And I don't think he's received very wide acclaim for his book, but I really enjoyed it. And so I'm going to work my way back through it again, applying it to my current context, create the manuals, create the procedures, create everything, and document the systems that need to happen surrounding my business. Next, uh, one other site and actually podcast that I've enjoyed is there's a podcast called The Less Doing Podcast. And I commend it to you if you're interested in some of the current tools. The host of that podcast is a guy named Ari Mizell, and he's kind of a, a technology freak, and he's always current on these tools. So I find he's basically my aggregator for new and improved tools. And so whether it's things like uh, IFTT, If This Then That is a, is a useful program that I use, uh, or Zapier was another program of how to make all these software s- systems work together and use all these technological tools to basically <laughs> create the systems in your life. So I'm going to go back through his uh, through his uh, podcasts, and I've, I haven't listened for a while, but I'm going to make a real focus of going through them, notebook and pen handy, taking notes, writing out action steps, using him as my aggregator. I'm going to go back through, over the years, I've read all of Tim Ferriss's books, uh, and also probably the majority of his blog. But the thing that it was so interesting to me is I remember <laughs> I think I found him before he was cool. I remember being in college before he uh, made it such a massive uh, splash for himself uh, coming across him and I started to become interested and then I just watched his success and popularity just take off. I couldn't believe it. So I'm going to go back through and I'm going to study his body of work again myself and take careful notes on all of the suggestions that he makes because he's walked the talk and starting with nothing and with no particular uh, you know special advantage other than a unique uh, other than his energy and effort and personal talent and skill and ability and applied that to his. So I'm going to go back through and I've got most of his stuff listed out on my to-do list and go back through and take careful notes. Uh, I'm also 
researching, and I was planning to make the research before this, but I need to really understand more of the best strategies of things that are going on for online businesses. And some of the, so I'm going to take a look at the resources from a site and some guys uh, that are doing a project called Fizzle. And there are three entrepreneurs who are essentially coaching people to online businesses. And I'm going to go through their stuff and uh, try to learn everything I can from their systems and apply that to my uh, scenario. I also have a number of other specific um, technical things that I need to learn. And so one of them is I need to really become not necessarily an expert. I don't need to become world-class, but I need to be very good at WordPress. And I'm not. I I get intimidated by the web stuff. And ultimately, I don't wish to do it, but I need to be intelligent enough at it to have it done for me. And so I'm still in the process of researching, uh, okay, who's going to be my WordPress coach and teacher? Uh, I also need to become an expert at email marketing. I use AWeber, which my system is totally broken right now, so I'm going to fix that up. Uh, And then my membership site and that software, I need to become an expert at that. So those are also priorities for me to go through all of their training tutorials, make sure that I become really expert at that. And then an additional technical skill that I need to learn is I need to learn how to do screencasts and video casts because a lot of the specialized product training is going to be based upon screencasts and video casts. So under my business owner project, those are my different priorities. And it probably sounds like a lot. It is a lot. I find that I prefer to have more stuff on my list than I'll ever get done so that when I get bored with one thing, I can just flip to something else that's already on my list. And so I do not expect to be able to cross everything off of my list on those uh, strategies within this year or this quarter or anything. I don't expect to ever finish that list. But I know that if I get 50 or 70% of the way through it, I'll be an expert at that. So that's just all I got to do is I got to get at least 50 or 70% of the way through it. And I'll probably get through a good bit of it. Uh, but then I'll probably you know, reassess and say, you know what? I'm good enough at this. I, you know, I understand enough about how to do WordPress on my own. I've been able to fix these things myself. Now I know enough to hire a good developer who's really world-class at it. Uh, so fundamentals, going to build the fundamentals in all of those areas. Now I know that was a lot. And I'm not going to go through every one of my focuses, uh, my areas of focus to that degree of depth. I'm going to cover two more with a little bit of depth and then just briefly touch on each of the other ones. But my point in doing that was that my, my hope for you is that you will apply this same process of designing an educational plan for yourself that's in line with your goals. So if you understand what do I need to do, what am I trying to accomplish, and then you can say, well, Now, in order for me to do that, what skills do I need to develop? What knowledge do I need? Now you have a focus. With that focus, you'll be able to accomplish things because then you can look for areas of synergy. And I'm going to share with you how I'm structuring, at least with my plan. We'll see if if the plan survives contact with the enemy or not. But my plan of how I'm overlapping all these things. The important thing is once you know the specific skills that you're weak in, then you can target your learning. I know many of you listen to my show uh, on your commute. I love that. I think that's awesome. And I hope that I can really serve you toward your financial independence goals. But remember that you shouldn't only consume my my show if you've got enough of the basics down and you need to focus on something else. So 
the reason I need to be a world-class business owner, one of the reasons is very important is because this is the way that I'm funding my financial independence plan. I'm funding it immediately with building my ideal lifestyle without having the savings to be able to uh, just simply say I'm declare myself financially independent off of investment income. So I'm so I need to build the business to fund this lifestyle now and I need to continue to build the business to provide enough room in my personal finances for me to save enough money in a reasonable amount of time to become financially independent. My show, my hope is that it's very useful for you to encourage you and inspire you toward your financial independence. But you may find that my content is not a, not serving your specific needs right now. You might find, for example, that you work as in the marketing department and you need to become, in order to gain your financial independence, you need to become a vice president of marketing at the, the firm at which you work. Well, in that scenario, you're probably well served by finding some really excellent marketing podcasts and interspersing my show with those marketing podcasts. But you need to sit down and say, what's the plan towards that? So for me, I'm not at the stage where I need to go and listen to any more financial podcasts. I'm at the stage where I need to go and listen to a WordPress podcast or I need to listen to uh, little technical tools that I can use to really uh, develop, uh, you know, to smooth streamline my life or how do I outsource these things in a more effective way or how do I do a better email marketing campaign, that type of thing. So this is why I'm sharing with you my ideas is to hopefully encourage you and inspire you and give you some tools that you can apply to your own scenario. Let me give you a couple more that had to do with the show and I'll tell you just how I'm designing my uh, personal development plan for this coming year. The next one is I'm a world-class podcast host. And I split this out from being a world-class business owner because the, the host is a very different set of, of – it's a very different skill set than the business owner. The skill of being the broadcast host is all about my on-air presentation. How concise is it? How in-depth is it? How interesting is it? How funny is it? How uh, – do I use the right tone? Is it – engaging. And to me, this is the this has been the toughest thing for me to figure out how to develop a a, a, a plan behind because I, I haven't known where to go for examples. Uh, for example, how do I become a really great interviewer? Well, the only best thing I have is just by noticing people and interviews that I enjoy and trying to listen and see what is it that they do. I haven't found a book that says, here's how to be a world-class interviewer. So here, under this category, my plan is actually fairly simple. The best resource that I found so far is I found a website called transom.org, uh, T-R-A-N-S-O-M, transom.org. And the founders of Transom, they're affiliated with public radio. And essentially, it's all about how to create good public radio for national public radio. It's the most useful thing that I've found where they're taking from the radio world and applying it to all types of media, whether it's distributed as a podcast only or as a radio show or as a radio show and a podcast. And so this is heavily influenced by popular public radio shows such as uh, This American Life or Radio Lab. That type of reporting radio is essentially what they're heavily focused on. But I've enjoyed a lot of their topics. I have to figure out how to apply that to teaching 
and education because it's very different. I and my wife and I enjoy listening to Radio Lab, but that's something that we listen to when we're in the car together on a trip somewhere. That's not an effective way of communicating in-depth financial content. So I've had to figure out how do I take some of that and apply it to what I'm doing. So I'm spending a good amount of time consuming the information and the the teaching at Transom, listening and thinking, how can I apply these lessons to myself? But the key thing on this one uh, way for me to become a world-class podcast host is I dedicate time – well, actually, before I get to that – One of the key things is by doing a lot of it. One of the reasons why I started The Daily Show, and I may not continue The Daily Show forever, I don't know, but one of the big reasons was I needed to do it. I needed to do it a lot to get better. I have gotten worlds better as a host over the last six months by doing the show as frequently as I've done it than I would have if I'd only been doing a a weekly show or a biweekly show, something like that. So I need to do a lot of something when starting to, to get better. I remember this was one thing I did well when I was starting my financial planning career is I was, a, I was terribly nervous about talking to people. And in the financial planning business, we call it doing a fact finder where you go out on an initial conversation with somebody and you get to know them and find out what they're trying to accomplish. Well, the only way to get good at it is, yeah, you got to study a little bit. Then you just got to go do it. Dozens and dozens and dozens and dozens and dozens of times until you get really comfortable because you've been down this road 50 times. You know exactly how this conversation is shaping up. So one of the key tools I think that we don't talk about enough in our culture, we talk a lot about how to do things smarter. Yeah, do things smarter, but just simply do more. Write more. Write more stories. And you're going to get better as a writer more quickly. Uh, Record more shows. You're going to get better as a host quickly. But then the key also for me, which is where I was going before I interrupted myself, (laughs) is in addition to doing more shows, carefully listening to my shows and coaching myself. Oftentimes, this is a bit countercultural. We don't usually trust ourselves to coach ourselves. We usually look for someone else to coach us and usually look to someone else for their affirmation. But the reality is we're probably pretty good consumers of our own content. I'm a pretty good consumer of financial content. So what I need to spend time doing, and I do this, and I'm going to do it a lot more in this coming six months. I haven't made the time for it over the past six months, is listening carefully to my shows. Listening and saying, what was annoying? I catch certain verbal crutches. I catch certain repetitive things that I do. I, I For example, I have a tendency to repeat myself. And so by focusing and recognizing, I asked the question twice. I repeated myself multiple times. It allows me to slow down and produce a better quality product. And so just by focusing on what is the actual quality of my work. In financial planning, you could do this in your career. One thing I've recommended many people is when you're making phone calls. A lot of my business had to do with making outbound uh, initial introductory sales calls to schedule an appointment for a financial planning appointment. I would record that, record the audio and listen to myself and say, would I give myself an appointment? And I tell you what, for a lot of time it was no. (laughs) But then over time you learn, okay, yeah, I would give myself an appointment. That sounds like a reasonable professional approach. I would give myself an appointment. So the super, super valuable, just focus on your your own work and think about how it can be better. So that's one of my areas of, of becoming a better host is just a few of the aspects from my educational plan to build the skills necessary to become a better host. 
another project of mine for 2015 is this. Radical Personal Finance is a world-class financial education resource. That's my vision. And in order to do that, I've got a lot of work to do to build that up. What I've learned is in many ways, I'm seeing more and more how the structure of this show is going to work into the business. And I thought that the show itself was going to be that resource. And I think it will be continue to be that resource. But what I've recognized is that in many ways, the show is almost the sales page. The show is almost the lead-in to the other resources and products. One of the ideas that I've had that I haven't been able to implement yet is to map my shows to the Certified Financial Planner curriculum so that somebody who's an interested CFP student can simply go and say, ah, here's all the, here are all of the CFP topics. Now I'll just listen through, through those shows in that order. But what I've learned is that in order for me to create the type of radio show that I'm envisioning, it has a lot of variability with topics. So that makes it very difficult for someone to go back through the somewhat voluminous and <laughs> growing everyday archives in order to find the topics that they need. So what I need to do is continue creating the show as the resource for the, re- for the regular listeners who can consume the entire body of work. But then I also need to create a number of guides and products that are specifically suited to specific situations. And this has to be to complement the financial advisor rather than to compete with the financial advisor. I can't compete with financial advisors effectively. I'm a, I, I think we need good financial advisors. And one of the most frustrating things for me to do is to try to, has been to try to figure out how do I serve the need for great financial advisors myself? And I, you know, I've had this for the last six months. I had this, this registered investment advisory firm pending, and it was never officially open. And finally, a few weeks ago, I just simply made the decision. My wife and I said, listen, I cannot do this. I can't, at least can't do it right now. Whether or not I could do it someday, I can't do it right now. That the educational resources are more important and that's what needs to be done right now. So I can't begin the firm. I'm perfectly confident that if I desired to, I could create a firm similar to what Rick Edelman has done, where he is the marketing spokespiece for the firm of advisors. And I could train advisors to do planning the way that I think it should be done in this comprehensive way. I think I could help reinvent the industry. But I don't have the I don't have the skills. I'll just say I don't have the skills to do that at the moment. The same way I said I need the business owner skills. I don't have the capacity. So I finally said, just going to shut it down. No chance of doing that. Period. I'm not going to do it. I'm going to focus on building the educational resource. So what I need to create for radical personal finance is I need to create a lot of useful educational resources that answer specific questions for do-it-yourselfers, but that also help people to become confident and competent in preparation for meeting with their advisors. Let's say as an example, I were going to, somebody was a a new parent and they knew that they needed to purchase some life insurance. Uh, Well, it would be useful if they could go and find a resource that said, here's what you need to know about life insurance. And this would be a course. I'm envisioning a video course, four or five sessions, 30 minutes each, a comprehensive, straightforward primer on life insurance. 
that could tell them basically how to do it themselves, but then also give them the information they need when speaking to a life insurance expert. That way, they could feel comfortable with their level of knowledge and then get the specialized advice of an expert. Or if somebody is saying, you know, a common question that I get on the show, how do I know if I have enough money to retire? Well, here's what you need to know. And I'm doing shows on that, but they become somewhat disjointed. And because I don't do a whole series five days in a row, they, they become a little bit disjointed. So what I've recognized is I think that the very motivated do-it-yourselfer will be able to get out of the show enough of the information that they need to do it themselves, but that there's a real need for me to create these additional focused value-added products for the, you know, for those whose time is limited, who can't listen to uh, the comprehensive uh, content that I have developed here. They need just a specific answer. And so I'm studying, uh, and I've set out a studying process for myself this year, uh, I'm going to study all the major people in the financial advice business. I'm going to read their books again. I'm going to look at what they're doing and how they're doing it and try to learn. So I'm going to study you know, Dave Ramsey. I'm going to try to understand more of his history, understand more of how he developed his uh, – the approach he took to developing things. Uh, David Box, Susie Orman, Jim Cramer, Clark Howard. Um, I'm going to focus on what are they doing and how did they do it and try to understand what they're doing. Because essentially, the difference between my show that I envision and many other podcasts is I'm trying to create something that's more along the lines of radio than podcasting. I don't know if I can do it successfully, but that's the that's kind of where I'm going to for my learning and understanding. And I'm going to try to understand how did these these people have created their content and applied it. I have some some others as well. I'm going to read through this year all of um, Nick Murray's archives, all of Joshua Kennan's archives, uh, and so and just try to understand what are they doing well, and how can I learn from what they're doing. Uh, I'm also going to spend some a lot of time consuming the body of work of some people who aren't specifically in the financial space. And the people that I've chosen here, well, one other who's in the financial space, I'm going to consume uh, Ramit Sethi's work. Uh, he's the guy who writes the site, I Will Teach You to Be Rich. And uh, his stuff's never really clicked with me, uh, but I'm, but it seems to be very effective with, with his core audience. So I'm going to consume his work. And then I'm also going to study through uh, what... Dan Miller is doing with 48 Days uh, and also what Michael Hyatt does with his, uh, with his ventures. And neither of those men, has ne- their content has never really appealed to me. I've kind of not really understood why, why they're so effective. Dan Miller less than the Michael Hyatt. I've liked Dan Miller's stuff. It just didn't really appeal to me that much as far as just didn't fit a need that I, that I've had necessarily. Um, but Michael Hyatt, like I, I understand, I've never understood like why is he as popular as he is? People, the weirdest people in my life, <laughs> are fans of his, and he seems to be just so effective at building his business. And so I'm going to study his work, and and I like him, but it just I, I don't know, I just don't have that same feeling that a lot of other people have. But I'm going to go through and try to work my way through and understand what it is that he does so well, uh, because he certainly seems the marketplace is really benefiting from from what he's doing, it seems. And then Dan Miller, I like Dan Miller. I like his grandfatherly attitude. I don't personally 
click a lot with the young, aggressive, single, uh, you know, 23 year old internet hotshot. That just, it doesn't, that doesn't appeal to me. Uh, it's fine for other people. That doesn't really appeal to me. I like the gentle, humble uh, people like Dan Miller. And the other thing that I've been working on Dan Miller's work is I've realized that much of what I do with financial planning, the weak point is the coaching. That's the weak point with financial planning is you need to have those coaching skills. And he's widely regarded as having a well-constructed coaching platform to teach people how to become coaches. So I'm going to join all of these people's programs. I'm going to learn and consume their content and just really strive to understand what they're doing so well and then replicate the good things that I like from their models into this uh, into this show. So that's some of how I'm applying this to be the world-class financial education site. And I'm way behind on, on the things that I've intended to do with each of those aspects. But uh, I've got the plan laid out and, and kind of got to get stuff done. So that's the plan. number of other areas that are on my goals, and we'll start to wrap up, but I'm going to just share with you a few, th- a few other things. For example, one of my major focuses, uh, two of my major focuses of additional skills – are my own writing abilities and my speaking abilities. Let's start with speaking. I have given a couple of speeches in the last six months, and one of the things that really frustrated with me was how uncomfortable I was doing it. Once upon a time, I was very comfortable being able to give a compelling speech on a specific topic that was useful for the audience and to feel comfortable doing that. Well, the two of the speeches that I've made recently, I just really wasn't comfortable and I didn't feel like I had done a very good and effective job with it. And I really wish to start developing some of that content for the different format than just the podcasting format for the the verbal spoken content. So I need to work on my skills. So this year I'm going to be rejoining Toastmasters And I spent several years in Toastmasters in the past, but this time I'm going to be joining what's called a Toastmasters Advanced Club. And quick primer for you on Toastmasters, because I think it's such a useful organization. It's widely regarded as uh, by many people as having just the perfect curriculum for learning public speaking skills. (laughs) And so it starts with most clubs are just basic clubs, and you'll have everyone from real experts in there to rank amateurs who are completely uncomfortable. I mean, they're just, they basically could get up and stammer their first speech. And what's really beautiful is Toastmasters has a comprehensive curriculum to take you from an initial speech where you're completely uncomfortable to a comprehensive you know, beautifully well designed and and delivered speech. It starts with uh, their initial manual is uh, the initial uh, phase of of achievement is to become a what's it called a uh, competent communicator I think is what they call it. And so they give you you start with going, working your way through an initial manual that has fifteen speeches, and each of the the chapters in the manual has a an instruction section, a few pages of here's how you construct a speech, and then you prepare a speech focusing on that specific aspect of speaking. So it begins with an icebreaker speech, uh, then it moves on to how to you know, be in earnest, so how do you convey earnestness, sincerity, conviction, etc., speech organization, vocal variety, etc., and there are 15 speeches. And then once you do that, you've achieved the competent communicator first initial standard. 
Then they have what are called advanced manuals, and these advanced manuals cover many different topics. And so the club that I'm going to be joining is an advanced club where all of the speakers and members of that club have at least achieved the minimum level of certification, the competent communicator certification. And based upon that, you have people who are more experienced in speaking, and you can get a little bit deeper. And I'm going to be working my way through a few of the manuals. There are a total of uh, something like 12 manuals that they have, I think, that are advanced speaking manuals. The ones that interest me are communicating on television because I want to learn some of the specific skills for creating excellent television presentations. I did a couple of things where I was televised for some some things uh, this year and I just really didn't feel like I did very good at very good job at it. The entertaining speaking ma- entertaining speaker manual, a humorous speaking manual, uh, persuasive speaking manual, professional speaking manual, speaking to inform, storytelling, technical presentation, and then the special occasions uh, speeches. So each of those is a comprehensive manual where you go through different exercises and you prepare speeches uh, based upon these specific requirements and that builds your ability to craft a speech that is focused on a unique occasion. They have other manuals as well that you can work through if they're of interest to you. So the special occasions one is interesting. How do you create a great toast? Uh, How do you give a praise speech? How do you do a roast? (laughs) How do you roast somebody? How do you do an award acceptance speech? So you can prepare for these things and practice them in advance, and that can extend your ability with speaking. So this is a focus of mine for 2015. I'm going to rejoin this club, and I'm going to work my way through uh, some of the manuals. I've chosen the ones that I'm going to to start with, uh, and then we'll see. I'm not going to go just one manual at a time. And then that'll help me. I'm, I'll, I'll videotape those. I will use them as a learning experience, and I will be able to assess my progress in that direction toward the need that I have of being able to deliver compelling financial presentations to educate people and help people in another, another forum. Another area of focus for me is I'm going to focus this year on being – and becoming a world-class writer. Writing has often been a weak point. I've mentioned on the show in the past, I haven't loved writing, but I've come to terms with the fact that it doesn't really matter whether I love it or not. I've got to do it because ideas that are communicated in print effectively are ideas that matter. When I think about the people that I introduce on the show and I think about, excuse me, that I interview on the show and I think about what they've been able to convey through their books and their written content as compared to in an interview format or in a speech. Speeches are valuable, but they're very different. Podcasting is valuable, but it's very different than writing. And I need to focus on building my skill in this area. Uh, I need it to, I'm sure that at some point, once I can figure out what's needed in the marketplace, clarify my own message, I'm sure I'll need to prepare it to write a book or two or something like that. So I need to practice that now. But I also want to model this skill for uh, for my son, and I need to build my own productive output, and this is only going to come with practice. The only way I'm going to become a better writer is by simply by writing. And so I'm focusing on four different areas of writing. Number one is I need to dramatically improve the show notes that I create for Radical Personal Finance, and this is important for my marketing efforts for the show to help things be found, help the content be found. 
Number two is I need to focus on preparing some excellent guest posts and articles for broader publication as a marketing outlet for the show. Additionally, I'm going to prepare some of those separately. Some of those be private. But then I'm also going to start writing on joshuasheets.com to have an outlet for some of the things that are not necessarily appropriate for this show but that I still have an interest on. I need to be careful with the content that I present on Radical Personal Finance. When I get into some of the offbeat areas that I'm interested in, I can lose some people. So if I talk about baby education, that's a real interest of mine, but it's only a real interest to some in the audience, maybe who are in similar stages. So I'm going to start and develop joshuasheets.com and start putting some of the information there, some of the things that I'm learning and sharing some of those things uh, in that forum as an effort to focus my writing and work on that. And then also, I'm going to be working on creating products and manuals for the membership, the irregulars, here at Radical Personal Finance. And that's going to be a lot of writing as well. I don't plan to use any special tools. I don't need any coaches. I'm just going to write and read it and see how I'm doing uh, on that and focus on how I'm doing, you know, just critiquing my own content. Uh, and then also to be an effective writer, I need to continue to read and consume a wide range of content. And so I've got a, an extensive reading list planned out, uh, which I won't go into in depth at the moment, but things that are going to influence the show and then also things that I am focused on as well. A couple of the quick areas, uh, for example, I have all of my personal goals uh, working towards uh, complete debt freedom and financial independence. That has some aspects associated with it. Uh, a major focus for me is my health. I'm about to turn 30 this summer, and over the last year, I've never felt – I've been overweight most of my life and have had various issues with um, – I've gained weight, lost weight, gained weight, lost weight, gained weight, lost weight. And I've never really had any issues with being overweight though, but lately I'm just starting to feel old. And I've done some things, worked hard over the last – year on some different aspects of improving my health, and they've been less effective than I thought they should be. And I won't go into detail on all these things at the moment, but I've done different exercise programs, I've done different ways of eating, and everything's been less effective than I thought it would be. So I've been really focusing on how do I build my health in a comprehensive way that's a sustainable way in a long term that also integrates with all the other aspects of, of my life. And you know that comes down to quality, proper food and nutrition. That comes down to proper movement that's fun, uh, proper exercise, proper physical structure, you know, my mental health, things like that. And so it's a real focus for me. I'll talk more about that some other time, probably in another forum. Uh, some of the members of the audience have shared some resources with me, and I thank you. One of the things I'm going to do is I'm going to get some testing done. I think I might have some kind of I don't know thyroid issue because I don't. I'm going to get some testing done and see if it. Uh, See if I have some issues there. And then, you know, I'm a world-class husband and a world-class father, and I've got different things associated with those. And then with my spiritual life, uh, you know, I'm changing with my own focus and, and uh, relationship with God. I'm changing a couple of things that I'm doing with my own personal study. Uh, I'm using this year uh, in, I've, you know, I read, read the Bible a lot and other uh, resources as well. Uh, on a wide range of subjects, which are two 
comprehensive and not necessarily focused on the this this type of target. But one of the things I've done in, in years past, I've read through the Bible, you know, several times. But this year, I'm focusing on taking a different approach, and I'm doing it uh, book by book, focusing on one book for a month, reading through the book many times, and understanding how each book of the Bible fits together. And I'm using as an outline uh, some materials. If you're interested, you can find them online uh, called Unlocking the Bible, and it's by a man named David Pawson, and he teaches through each chap, each, excuse me, each book of the Bible. And this is a real weak point with my own personal knowledge and understanding of how do these different books fit together. And I get the comprehensive view, but what I'm interested in now is understanding how each book of the Bible works together. And so I'm making a major focus of, of taking that type of approach where I'm specifically focusing, for example, in January, uh, reading through Matthew uh, multiple, multiple times uh, at the moment, about once a day. And then in February, I'm going to go to Genesis, and I'm going to go Old New Testament, work my way through using his content as an outline to really understand how each of the books of the Bible fits together. So I'm pretty excited about that. That is that is uh, really great. Uh, that's a good thing for us. In closing, I want to share just an idea of how to integrate these things and in hopes that it'll inspire you. Because it probably, I mean, it sounds like a lot. I'm a little bit daunted when I look at my lists. And again, I don't expect to ever finish everything. I'm I'm done with this whole idea of you got to do something to perfection. Everything's got to be done. You know, hey, you do the best you can. You just work at it and you have fun and enjoy the process. But at least with an outlined plan and a general roadmap, I think it's more likely that I will be able to make progress uh, toward toward the goals, toward toward my goals. One of the things, however, is I think a lot about how to integrate things. How do I integrate different of these ideas? So let me give you an example. I just talked a little bit about health and exercise. I've done different things throughout my life, including this past year. I joined, uh, again, a local CrossFit gym. Uh, I enjoy kind of not having to think about things, just having a curriculum laid out. I enjoy uh, working hard. So I joined a local CrossFit gym for a couple months. Did not work for me. It hadn't worked for me in the past, um, but it did not work for me, not necessarily from an exercise standpoint, but it doesn't didn't fit with my life. Because it required me to leave my house and leave my family for you know, an hour worth of working out and a half hour on getting ready and getting home. And that's an hour and a half out of my day. That's a valuable hour and a half. So what I've spent a lot of time this year thinking about is how can I build things where there's synergy? So for example, I'm working on – I'm going to be doing a an in-home – exercise program so that I can do it with my wife and and with my son. And that way, everyone's together. I'm building on my responsibilities to be a world-class husband and a world-class father, but I'm also building world-class health at the same time because of the time spent together. Or one of the routines that I'm putting into my day is following lunch to walk with my son to the local park and get out, get some sunshine, get some exercise, and then by being outside, I can get exercise and I can spend time with him. I can spend time talking with my wife, having a lot of focused, intimate conversation. And that way things build on each other. When I'm building as a, you know, if I'm working at Toastmasters and I'm focusing on becoming a world-class speaker, in order for me to do that, I need to prepare an outline and a goal and a focus. Well, that outline could very well be written as a useful blog post or article, which is posted on Radical Personal Finance or at joshuasheets.com. It could also be 
used as training for creating a more effective podcast presentation. And it could also be a component of a podcast presentation. So then I can create content that I can release on the feed when I'm out of town, perhaps, to continue maintaining regular content. Debt-free and financial independence, I get to research that stuff and focus on perfecting my own personal systems while creating content to help other people perfect their own systems. And that builds my mental health and my enjoyment of uh, the content of learning it and and con- and conveying it because I to me that's fun is I love to teach and I love to convey the information so all of these things add on top of each other I can listen to uh, as I'm building radical personal finance into a world class financial education site I can listen to Dave Rams and I can understand what does he do so well as a broadcaster where people enjoy listening to him so much. And then I can say, what does he do so well as a business owner? And what does he do so well as a marketer? And I can narrow in on those things, and that affects each aspect of my, uh, of my life. So what I love and where I like to think about is how can we get a lot of synergy from different areas of focus and build things together? And hopefully some of the ideas that I'm working on for my life coming forward over this next year will be useful to you. That's it for today's show. I thank each and every one of you for listening. I hope this has been useful, a little bit more personal. And one of the things that I'm doing also is working to do less of the show, like the behind the scenes on the public feed, I'm creating more additional content for the member program where I'm going to do more of sharing what's actually going on with behind the scenes on the show. But I'm going to start to do a better job of keeping the lines uh, more it's a little bit stronger between the public-facing information and the private-facing information. Thank each, thank you all for listening. It's been an awesome. 2014 was a, an incredible year for for me. 2015, I'm excited, more excited about 2015 than I've ever been. I think it's going to be really, really fun. I'm enjoying learning all these new skills. I'm enjoying. Uh, having the opportunity to just improve and to get better and to me that's that's fun learning is 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 so so neat it's a lot of hard work sometimes but i'm in it for the marathon and i'm just enjoying the process thank you to each one of you who have left reviews and who have joined the membership program over the past uh, couple of weeks as i've been out i appreciate each one of you investing in in me and it's so nice to have customers, paying customers, because that puts such an incredible responsibility on me to say, I need to ship some stuff here, some additional benefits that are going to be world class. And I've got a bunch of ideas on that. I will be putting a lot of that behind the scenes uh, as I learn to get the technology. I got really waylaid with the technology stuff, thinking about outsourcing it. But as I figure out how to do it better, uh, I'm going to be putting a lot of that stuff behind the scenes, creating some private uh, user forums, things like that, where I'll be spending a lot of time. Uh, Big plans coming, details coming in the future. Thank you for being here. Happy New Year. At Granger, we're for the ones who specialize in saving the day. 
and for the ones who've mastered the art of keeping business moving. We offer industrial-grade supplies for every industry, with same-day pickup and next-day delivery on most orders, all backed by real people ready to help. So you can get the right answers and products right when you need them. Call, click or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.